0: Hello and welcome to the movie podcast review of Killers of the Flower Moon. My name is Daniel. I am one of your hosts today and joining alongside me to review our first Martin Scorsese film, in the movie podcast history in a long time i mean we had the irishman but that was just shabazz and i so now it's the three of us first time reviewing a scorsese film well i already said his name shabazz
1: how you doing i'm doing fantastic i was gonna say the true Irishmen are the ones that reviewed the irishman as i recall i think that's how it works also joining
2: us today on this review of killers of the flower moon it's anthony hi anthony i I'm the only Scorsese in this uh, trio, and I don't watch, I didn't watch The Irishman, and uh, I will never watch The Irishman. What, what? <laughs> 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 what is your vendetta against the movie? <laughs> no, I have no, I you think it's the so length. long, I, man. I, I to think watch it's a it. length. Every time I hear someone say it's just three hours long, I'm like, oh, I don't want to Have watch you
1: never this. seen a Martin Scorsese film before? They've never been short. Also, the <laughs> movie that we're watching today
0: is longer, longer
2: than it, it The Irishman. Was,
0: yes. It definitely was. But we're going to talk all about it of course i want to say thank you to our friends at apple tv plus for inviting us to watch this film uh it was a very uh fun screening because we got to reconnect with a lot of people that we haven't seen in a while but also because uh it's like it's it's always fun when we get to watch a movie that we know is going to be released on a streamer later on i mean the majority of people down the road will watch this At their homes, but we got to watch it on a big screen and I think it really was um, a very impactful one to watch on the big screen. Of course, Killers of the Flower Moon is going to be releasing wide in theaters on October 20th. Apple is partnering with Paramount Pictures uh, for the theatrical release of the film. And then it will be coming to Apple TV Plus at a later date. And you already know that this film is starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone, with Jesse Plemons, Tantu Cardinal, John Lithgow, and Brandon Fraser. There is a stacked cast in this film. And like we said at the top of the show, this is a longer film. So we're going to dive into everything and more the Killers of the Flower Moon has to offer. But before we do that, this is the movie podcast. You can catch brand new episodes all throughout the week with new interviews, reviews, and discussions, and all the latest movies and series. We've had some really cool stuff going on the last month between Tiff, between LA with Spider Man. Last week, we were in Montreal doing some cool Assassin's Creed stuff so there's a lot of cool stuff happening on the movie podcast so if you want to stay up to date with everything that we have going on make sure you're following us on all social media platforms at the movie podcast that's Instagram Twitter TikTok Letterboxd and make sure you join our Discord we're having some great conversations in there and if you want to talk about this very movie we're going to have a room opened up so we could talk all about it so make sure you join we have some great conversations I love that we're having you know even to this day Oppenheimer we're still having conversations going on In there. So make sure you're joining us there. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please L- longest running uh
1: spoiler room at the moment i mean it's yeah it, just changing the name to, to to the oppenheimer podcast at this point
0: I, I feel like i feel like that's that's appropriate and i'm sure oppenheimer is going to come up in this review uh but if you are watching this on youtube please like subscribe leave a comment below let us know your favorite Scorsese film let us know what you think of Clears of the flower moon or if you're planning on watching it in theaters or going away for the home release there's lots to look forward to also you may notice when you've press played on this we uh, press play on this episode that you may have gone some ads maybe there'll be some ads midway throughout the movie podcast i mean this is all you know part of a new wave of what we're doing to keep the lights on to keep our show growing and if you don't like the ads let us know. Obviously, it is a balancing act. We're figuring out where to place them, how they're going to come in. But if there is there is going to be a free uh, like an ad free version of the movie podcast very, very soon. So if you prefer to pay and not have any ads interrupt your show. Well, that option is coming soon. So stay tuned for that. But like I said, thank you to our friends at Apple TV Plus for inviting us to watch this film. It's going to be releasing on October 20th. And if you want to know a little bit more about the film at the turn of the 20th century, oil brought a fortune to the, Os- the Osage nation who became some of the richest people in the world overnight. The wealth of these native Americans immediately attracted white interlopers who manipulated, extorted and stole as much Osage money as they could before result as uh, resorting to murder. So, Lots to unpack here. Like we said, the movie is three hours and 26 minutes long. The longest film that we have watched this year. Maybe this will be the longest review of
1: the year. We'll see. But Jay's going to give you his first reaction. This is the year of the three-hour films. It's crazy how so quickly, all of a sudden, you know, post-COVID, we, we went into an era of just how long can we make this movie? And some have been hits, you know, some have really, like you mentioned before, Daniel, some movies like Oppenheimer have really utilized that three hours. And some other movies, maybe, you know, I we did, they didn't need that length. Killers of the Flower Moon is a very interesting film because... I never felt bored as much during it. There's definitely some slow pace moments in this movie, but I felt like, whatever this movie kind of gave me i was very interested and invested in and that's also because i didn't know too much about this story i didn't know too much about the osage uh nation i didn't know too much about the oil that they had discovered and also what was kind of happening uh i had assumed based on the trailers that it was just about murders happening within that community uh, which we've seen many times in foreign media and in movies and and a lot of other uh, shows out there um so i was thinking cool maybe we're we're going into that kind of a story here so I was very surprised to see such a film about people who are typically marginalized and now all of a sudden they are the wealthiest people and they're always got a target on their back. Martin Scorsese he, he he knows exactly what he's doing. He is in the absolute top-notch of his game as always he's he's one of the best directors out there there's no questioning that you'll never no one will ever refute that statement and he's coming in this movie making it absolutely beautiful and brilliant i really really enjoyed killers the flower moon mostly because the performances and the story there are some issues within the film that i know we will kind of dive deeper into a lot of them do deal with the fact that the length of this film it is a very modern scorsese thing to do where he there's maybe just way too much kind of happening in it but this movie is completely driven by the performances we have performances that are going to absolutely blow you away like lily gladstone who's playing molly burkhart it's the subtlety in her performance in this in this entire movie that really kept me so engaged because she has a level of unpredictability that kind of carries in the weight that she walks in the way that she talks but there's also this immediate demanding demeanor of her as well where you're like i don't want to mess with you you look like you would would school me in an, in an argument or a conversation. And then you have Robert De Niro, who is so, so good in this movie. I feel like it's been quite a long time since I've seen a performance from Robert De Niro where he absolutely captivates me. Sometimes I feel like he just kind of like, I'm the old angry grandpa, or I'm just kind of fed up in this movie, or I don't want to do this role. And to see him really Put in that effort in this movie was was fantastic. The other performances in the movie that come in a little bit later, like Jesse Plemons and, and Brendan Fraser, and then we have obviously Leonardo DiCaprio, who, who I think I, I I love Leonardo DiCaprio. I think that you know when the movies that he does is great, but I I, I feel like his performances as of late have become very predictable. Like you kind of know exactly what cadence he's going to use how he's going to be talking what, the way he's going to deliver the line and because of that his performance always feels kind of safe i think the set design i think the way that it's shot looks beautiful we've talked a lot about streamers and the way that their movies appear sometimes and they have this look to it that's like okay you can tell this is a movie made for streaming killers of the flower moon looks like a movie that's meant to be in theaters it looks like a movie that's meant to be played on the biggest screen it will be in imax and when you watch it you're like i'm surprised this is a movie that's meant for streaming but again apple tv and apple tv plus they make sure to put all the care and the love into the quality of their movies so uh yeah i had i really enjoyed this movie uh but there are things that definitely we want to talk about Uh, so yeah i want to kick it over to you guys
0: yeah, so I I, I do really want to quickly touch on the Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, bit that you just mentioned because it was the most recent thing you just said. When you look at Leo's run, of films, I think from like twenty ten, of like Shutter Island, Inception, J Edgar, Django, Great Gatsby, Wolf of Wall Street, The Revenant, like you could tell, and even after that with the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that you could tell that he was going for a little bit more of those unique roles that he had to give a little bit something different to it where i think throughout this film leo has that performance that we maybe have seen from him before where he has like this kind of just stoic elegance to him i think that's how i would describe a lot of killers of the flower moon where it's like there's this stoic elegance to the entire film where leo is just kind of just he's just kind of there going around it he's not doing anything like substantial in terms of how he's acting he's just feels like a character in that time and i think that's what lends itself well to his performance but it also doesn't make it anything remarkable or extraordinary or stand out in a film that i think the subject matter itself i think the story itself and i think lily gladstone's performance is what shines throughout this film anthony i would love for you to jump in because you have a very interesting perspective one that shay and i don't have that you did read the book from david Grant, so i'm curious how you felt Coming into Killers of the Flower Moon, knowing the story, knowing how the book is, you know, paced and how that was adapted to the screen, because I think this did very much feel like a novel adapted to the screen. Because there's a lot of voiceover, there's a lot of moments that feel like time progressing in a novel. But I'd love for you to share your perspective. So please jump on in.
2: the The Martin uh, Martin Scorsese's approach to this story is a lot different than uh, David's approach, where David was really focusing on the murder and then having the surrounding uh, elements about osage and and the natives and and everything else kind of surrounded well martin scorsese's approach is very much this is a relationship story between ernest and and molly so but there is this murder as well so they they have the same themes it's just how he how martin kind of attacks it in a sense. So I know that Martin kind of wanted to tell the story between those two characters and he wanted to give them the the limelight in a sense to, to understand their dynamics, but where David kind of his book kind of tells a story about that murder, the murder of, of, uh, Anna Brown, which is really, really driven because the story also focuses on the FBI and a bunch of other stuff. So there's a lot of different characters, a lot of different, um, story, uh, lanes that it goes down rather than Martin's real big focus on the, the, the relationship of this husband and wife. And, you know, Martin Scorsese, I enjoy his films. I love his films like he, he's Italian. So he, what do you what do you expect mm-hmm. from me? I'm going to support him. But like he's been in the news quite a bit this week because he's been doing his press stuff and he's talking about, you know, Marvel movies and all that and this and that and you know, it's it's strange cuz I find that Martin Scorsese has a real issue with his pacing in his storytelling for the past uh, three years, really, or four years. I, or I would say three or four films, right? You look at, mm-hmm. you know, Wolf of Wall Street, Silence,
0: Irishman, and Killers of Flower Moon, all films that are either three hours or three hours
2: plus. Yes, and they're very long, they're very drawn out. They don't know when to exit, and when they do exit, they have a really good ending, but then to get to that ending, it was very uh, much of a uh, of a long uh, adventure. And in this story, I do think that the movie is is an important story. It's it's something that a lot of people don't know about, and I think that's where I think, where I would suggest, yes, you need to watch this film and 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 understand the horrors and the exploitation of these of these um, natives that were happening during a time, and it kind of re- reminds me of the Tulsa massacre as a story that nobody knew about, and I didn't know about. Again, it's not my hit my personal history It's not Canadian history, but it's a story that I learned through the Watchmen, like the, yeah. the TV series. I didn't know about this, and then. When I heard about Martin Scorsese and Leonardo... But Anthony, sorry sorry to interrupt.
0: The fact that a lot of Americans also didn't know about that. Yeah. uh, So like us, like a lot of people learned it, which is crazy to think. A lot of people learned about the Tulsa incident for the first time watching watchmen that's where a lot of people had that brought to their attention so there's a lot of history even canadian history that we don't know about and obviously definitely with the residential schools and everything that's been coming out a lot more in recent years it's like there's so much that we don't know and it's not until like these type of stories come up
2: that we're like holy shit like this is going on in the world this is happening right? Yeah, no, it's, it's something that I was, when I learned about it, when I heard that Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, bought the rights, got the, this was a long time ago. This is I think 2018 when they started, they wanted to make this film and it took a really long time to make this film. I dived into the book and I'm like, okay, I need to know what, what is happening, what the story is about. And it's, it's absolutely wild like to understand, to, to have this, this community of natives who struck oil and became like millionaires overnight and just how they've been really like used, even though they were super rich, they were also still controlled and still abused. And and, and the murders that were happening because, you know, the whole town colluded around killing them off so they can take their wealth. That's just pretty much that's like some fucked up shit. And I, I was just that part of this movie or this story is so important for people to know. And that's why I I really want people to watch it in that sense. I think performance wise, there's nothing in this movie that really drives home performance other than uh, Lily Gladstone as Molly, because she has, uh, you know, she, she goes through the pain and suffering of, of Molly who goes through a tremendous amount of, 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 hurt in her life and uh, in her short life too like she didn't really live a long life truthfully and just everything that's happened to her all like really all that that pain was seen on her face i think lily gladstone did a fantastic job of playing molly as a character because when i read the book i i understood her pain and i could see it in her face like you can literally see everything that's happening to her her whole world is crashing down and lily does a a fantastic job of taking that pain and showing it on the screen. Um, But other than that, the performances, even Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro kind of had like this Cape fear vibe to him. Like he had the Cape fear, (laughs) the Cape fear accent that he kind of was portraying. Even Leonardo DiCaprio, he played his, you know, his once upon a time uh, has like kind of like a Southern draw to his voice, like things that we have heard before. Um, So, the biggest complaint is I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio is too much in this movie, and I I I know that Martin Scorsese, you know, he worked with the Osage people on this. He he went back because he had the story. He I'm pretty much I'm pretty sure he was going to approach this story very much like the book, but he went to the Osage people and he worked with them, and that's where he came across the story. But I find that. Martin Scorsese, even though he's saying this is an important story, he spent too much time on Ernest and not enough time on Molly. And I find that because it was a Leonardo DiCaprio Martin Scorsese film, that was the president of making this movie an important story. It's not that this was an actual um, story about natives who were being abused and who were being used, and, and an important story in American history. They'll they'll tie that in a hundred percent, but it it is a um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Martin Scorsese venture. And you see it, you feel it. He's in this movie quite a bit. Like when I was reading the book, Ernest is not as in this book as much as he is in this movie. Like from beginning to end, I don't think I saw a scene without him in it. And yeah. I'm trying like, he, he is predominantly there. And that's where the movie has like this double-edged sword for me where it's like, it's bringing light the story of, of, of this, important factual historic event but it's also exploiting it in a way by twisting it and and telling it with Leo's perspective and I, I was just like mm, I'm not a big fan of it other than that like I think set design production design looks very very good like you the costumes the, the whole aesthetic there's a lot of really good sequences that were shot um with slow motion you, you there's a part in the trailer that you see where the where the natives oil and it's all shot in slow motion. Things like that really work well, but again, I wasn't blown away by the cinematography of the film, but like it's, I, I think that the, the whole idea of this movie, if I can eliminate uh, the actors and just really focus on the story, this is such an important story to know about, and then I I wonder... I wonder how people interpret it if, if they'll kind of dive into it a little bit more and how they approach it. Cause just like the Tulsa massacre, once you knew about it, it became this huge thing and people were talking about it and, and it was uh, an important factor to a lot of causes after that. Um, but yeah, this is something that I'm, I'm very interested to see how people will interpret it and approach it for, um, for the uh, in the future and what they'll do with it because again it's a story that a lot of people don't know about
0: what's fascinating as well too when you when you look at this time in history is that you have these people these Osage people who are literal millionaires who have all this money, but they still had to have conservative ships. They still had guardians. Mm -hmm. And there's parts in this movie where they make very, they make light of it, obviously not light of it, but more like this is what's accepted at the time where it's like, they could be out in public. They could be at a bank, but do you have to have like a white person there with you? And it's, it's wild. It's, it's so crazy to think that like, this is, you know, within the last hundred years, Right It's like we're not like a hundred years is a is a good amount of time, but it's not like far, far removed. This isn't like hundreds of years. this is within the span of a hundred years, and this is still things that again, like I said earlier with the residential schools in Canada and things like that, that we're still hearing stories about the the mistreatment and the the abuse and the killing of indigenous people and and it's crazy to think that. This is still something we're experiencing today. We're still hearing about today. And I think Martin Scorsese directed an absolutely beautiful film, a very harrowing film about it. Um, but like Shay said, and like Anthony said, that it is not without its issues. And I think the biggest um, the biggest issue that I came away with this film, before I talk about what I loved about it, was the length. And I know we're adapting a book. I know there's a lot to cover. But when you have a film that's three hours and 26 minutes long, Um, I think there's a lot there that you can trim and condense down and maybe remove because like Anthony said, there was a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio in this film and I wanted a lot more Molly in this film because she is such a strong character. She's such an interesting character and anytime you're she's on screen, you are just magnetized to her. You are just drawn to her and to her story and to her performance. So when the last third of this film happens and she kind of gets sidelined, you really do miss her and you miss her presence in the film uh and uh when when you're looking at again like we were talking about the last four scorsese films this feels a lot more in line with silence uh like the irishman where scorsese is taking the time that he's given and he's just like you know what i'm i'm at a point that he's again he's 82 years old he's 80 plus now scorsese's like i'm just going to make the films that i want i'm going to make them the lengths that i want and i'm and i love that he's been able to partner with people like apple like netflix you know to bring these stories you know uncompromised vision to life and that's great um and i think what the killers oh, sorry what killers of the flower moon does best is telling a story that i think is so important and also really well told and setting that uh, or establishing the the time frame and the, the look and the feel um there's such a beauty to this film but it's also surrounded by just such sorrow and pain and just horrors um and i think y- you look at uh, uh lily's performance in this film uh she is just she is the star of this movie and, I, and again i wish she was given us some more time um scorsese obviously the one of the greatest living filmmakers with us still to this day um and seeing him in the news and seeing him talk about like you know if i'm just allotted a you know a couple more films it's 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 wild to think that there's going to be a time where He's not going to be with us, right? And and and, and it's, that's really scary to think of as well, too. But nobody, I think there there's two people in this world that I think whenever they're you you know a film is theirs, and I think it's Spielberg and it's and it's Scorsese, and you know, and Nolan's you know obviously up there. But there's a way that S- Scorsese moves a camera, and I think Killers of the Flower Moon is just filled with these moments where you're just like, no one can move a camera like Scorsese does, and like you're just in that moment you're either going through a crowd of people or you're you're panning around to a vista
1: there's something that scorsese does that is just unapologetically his i I think whenever we've watched any scorsese film from the beginning till now he has a way to normalize the violence that we're kind of seeing in the movies where brutal it's it's, brutal that is exactly it it's brutal but the way he does it is so nonchalant in a way that you're like, did anyone else just see what happened? Like, why are they glossing yeah. over that? And it's so intentional. It's literally like, this is society. It'll move on. It'll happen like this. And then people move from it. Uh, it's terrifying. And I think he does a fantastic job of that. But again, that's nothing new to Sir Skelly. This isn't a reinvention of the director. This is continuing the legacy that he's always had. The violence yeah, in and this and film and is thing,
2: a little right? bit, yeah. is a lot more timid compared to his other pr- like productions that he's done where they actually it's spaced feel, out i felt it's spaced yeah. out but they're not as brutal as i thought it would be you know i mean like there's
0: it, i i think it, it, it would all depends i think on your uh i guess on your level of comfortability maybe with it what do you think i guess because there's yeah, i think the moments that are highlighted are are like difficult to watch like Mm -hmm. this movie killers of the flower moon isn't an easy watch and that's not just because of length it's the subject matter it is heavy you're going to feel Every moment of this film, and when it's highlighted with the, with violence, but 100, Anthony, when when you look at like, uh, you look at other films that Scorsese has done where it's just been like Casino, a, a or, bloodbath, or Casino, yeah, yeah.
2: Goodfellas, and-
0: yeah, it's it's not like that. So I think what this movie does is that it lures you into this almost area of like where you're comfortable watching a drama, mm-hmm. and then it just highlights these moments of violence where you're just like, oh my god, that person was just shot in the head, or this this. Person is brutally beaten, and you're, and and it lingers with you, and that stays with you, and you feel it's, the weight of
1: that. It's kind of like that scene that you told me about. No spoilers, obviously, but it reminded you, and I think it reminded me. I'm not sure if it reminded you, Anthony. Kind of the Zodiac, like Zodiac from David Fincher. Like there's yeah. this moment where we're like, oh wow, like that. The way that scene just occurred, it really reminded me of that. There's another movie that this movie kind of reminded me of, and it reminded me of the good of that movie and also the bad of that movie. And it was a notoriously panned film, and that's Live by Night by director Ben Affleck. There's a lot of moments in this movie that kind of actually just reminded me of that movie. Like some of the moments where I'm like, oh, I'm not like, this isn't a great scene. It reminded me of those not so great scenes from that film. And then, you know, vice versa. It felt very like similar to me, at least.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely see the, the the connection between those two films, because um, you know the time period is also not that far removed either. So
2: there's another film that it reminded me of, and it it, all, it hit about it hit on it, but it never really went with it. And again, it was a story approach that I felt like if they did tell it, would have been much longer. But it's a story that um, that is important because it's it, it it's focused on the book, and that's the FBI section of this this movie and it really reminded me of the untouchables because when you bring in jesse Plemens and his group of of fbi guys they're all they're all they all have like this aura to them that they're going to catch yeah. whoever is doing this and they're they they are going to bring to justice the murders that are happening and their cowboyness of like approach to this story i wish we saw more of it because in the book they really dive into the investigation part and again this is again, yeah a story that has a different approach, but if you ever read the book, they're like badass you know FBI guys. and this is really the start of the FBI. and when Jesse Clemens is brought into him into onto the screen, you just feel like, oh boy, like he is on a journey to get whoever's having whoever's killing and Jesse whoever's. Plemons, he has such a such a presence
0: in all of yeah. his films. And, you know, I've been re-watching Breaking Bad, and I've just been like, man, I can't wait to get to his episodes because he just has like he just he just there's something to his performances that you're just like, I just I just want to see what this guy does. I want more of him. And I would have loved to, to know more about, you know, the FBI side of things. I'm glad that it, it focused on the Osage nation, but there's a there's another story there that I think got a little bit short-ended with the FBI story that I think there could have been a lot more to it. But like Oppenheimer and, lo- and like a lot of other films, this film has inspired me that I want to go back and learn more about what I, what went on here and see how this is different, see how this is accurate. Um, but there's a lot of
2: story in this. There's a lot of story in this film. One thing I do want to bring to mind is you know I watched a lot of documentaries on Oppenheimer and I, whenever I went to go watch Oppenheimer and how Christopher Nolan told that story, that guy got everything about oppenheimer's character his life all captured in three hours and the way he taught it and told it 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 really really brings to mind the all the things that i watched to, in terms of the documentaries leading up to this and right. i felt that when i was watching you know killers the the approach that martin had on it and the editing became such a, a long-winded process that I lost the emotional connection I had with Molly, with the Osage uh, Indians, and with, you know, at the end of the, the justice that was supposed to happen and the injustice that that happens. And I feel like that approach just kind of was swirled in there, and it never really hit as hard as what I got from Oppenheimer, which was this story that was elegantly edited and fluidly told, and the score was fantastic, and it, it really hit the emotional notes that killers cannot do. And I, that's just, that's my opinion. I know that, but like, that's just how I felt when I kind of got into it. Cause I, I should have felt more at the end and I did not No, I think you're, you're absolutely right there, Anthony. And you talk about the length of this movie. And
1: I know that one of the things that when we left the film, we discussed was really Uh, And it's almost like a game that we play with every movie we watch. Like how long could this movie have actually been? And I think we talked about, okay, you really, you hundred percent could have done it within three hours, but if we're being generous, 245 max and you would have been able to tell a much more tight knit story you would have gotten anything out of the way and you could have also probably introduced some stuff earlier because you're cutting out a lot of this chunk that might have been from the beginning that maybe was kind of dragging its feet into getting because it what the movie really feels like is it really takes that first two hours maybe even a little bit more and it's yeah. just kind of like one thorough story, and then it feels like, oh, we got to wrap this up, so let's kind of just push everything that we possibly can into it. Um, last thing I'll say before, if you guys want to touch on that, is mm-hmm. uh, I remember bringing up the score to you, Daniel, when we were watching the movie, and I really loved the opening score in this movie. And then as as you were kind of talking about it after, you're like, yeah, there was, there was a great score, but did you feel like it wasn't there often or when it was there it was just kind of like the same three notes and I'm like yeah it'd be like the bass line I was like yeah you're kind of right there right like exactly that like it's 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 nice to hear in the beginning and in the moments that it comes in there is one piece of music though that felt super out of nowhere like it did not match the vibe of the scene at all uh, oh the overall, Ted Lasso
0: music the Ted Lasso music exactly <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a sequence that, that definitely fell and Robbie Robertson did the, the score for uh, rest in peace to him mm-hmm. who's a, a Canadian from Toronto um, worked on the score for this film he just died just, uh, just previous August we remember yeah. uh, hearing about that uh, but there's some great some great music in this film but i just wish that like Shay was saying yeah definitely i wish there was a use a little bit more or there's a little bit more variation and again i'm not too sure what martin um decided was like you know we don't want to change or we don't want to alter to respect you know robbie sure. of course but uh uh there's a lot there was there something else you wanted to touch on Shay? no no that, that's it that's perfect uh the other thing I want to talk about the cinematography I, I did talk about a little bit earlier uh the cinematographer who worked on this film is Rodrigo Pri- uh, Prieto who obviously uh Scorsese has worked with multiple times in the past uh The Irishman Silence Wolf of Wall Street uh he also worked on Argo um, but also funny enough we spoke about this earlier this year also the cinematographer for Barbie so two big films uh, for Rodrigo this year, which is uh, very funny to uh, see how different these two films are. Uh, But just to, just to comment on the the length of this film one more time. I do think that if the film was a little bit shorter, um, it would have, given i think molly's story a little bit more of a of a through line because we are in the perspective of leonardo dicaprio for so long in this and because he is not a great person in this movie uh you do feel like i'm like well wow, we're giving him a lot of the spotlight so you almost get tricked into thinking i'm like oh he's he's not doing anything wrong and then it's not that you're like oh no hold on he is not a good person he's not a he's not a he's not the hero of the story at all so like obviously i think uh there, there was a lot more room to, you know, include Molly's story and, and the Osage uh, people more and throughout this. But Shay, please.
1: Yeah, I was just going to quickly touch upon, you know, the the screenplay for the movie as well. Like, I know this is, it's it's written by Martin Scorsese. Then you have David Grant, and who I believe wrote the book. Is that I recall, yep. anything? And then yep. you have Eric Roth, who is the is one of the writers. And I think this is this is, I could be wrong, but this is uh, his first time working with Eric Roth, and Eric has quite the 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 list of films. You have Dune, Star is Born, uh Extremely Loud and Close, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Good Shepherd, Munich, Ali, uh, Forrest Gump. So a, a lot, lot of, of, lot of <laughs> A lot of, movies, of very a long lot movies. A lot of long movies. A lot of like just like a critically acclaimed and of course just pieces of cinema that everybody knows so yeah this is going to be i think another notch on eric's belt here because this movie will still be critically acclaimed and it'll still do well with with people oh, yeah. who love scorsese and love these people so th- there's no doubt about that so that's really interesting to see that you know this is scorsese's I, I guess first time working with him i could be wrong but from what it looks like it is I love it. Let's get to our final recommendation. Shabazz, I'm going to get you to start us off. Absolutely. Killers of the Fire Moon. It is a long film. It is a beautiful film. It is a powerful film. And like Anthony and Daniel have mentioned so far, a very important film as well. This is an interesting kind of uh, suggestion to give because this is a movie that is meant for streaming in the sense that it is released by a streamer but it will be released in theaters and in IMAX as well I would love for people to go watch this in theaters because it's a beautiful film it is long but it's beautiful and very powerful but if you can't see it there definitely do watch it at home so I would say watch it whether at home or whether in theaters if you can take that three hours and 26 minutes go to a theater if you think hey i'd rather be at home to watch it pause it take a pee break every couple minutes then maybe watch it at home but definitely do go watch it
0: yeah and also consult your doctor if you're going to go pee every couple minutes it's how nice. many times do we how know. many how
2: many times did we go to the watch i felt like we went a lot I I, I I went to go pee no i didn't go to pee at all actually interesting i just I felt left, like i maybe uh, i, I, mu- I must stuff. have gotten up quite a bit because it is a people long People were getting up
1: though people were getting film. up
2: it's a very long people film. were going to watch it for sure uh i'm gonna go next
0: i'm right there with jay i think this is watch it it's worth your time uh we need movies like this to come to theaters like scorsese saying like we need to support movies like this so we could get more movies like this made um it, it's funny that it's like scorsese is one of the most known directors and it's like even even he is like it's not easy to get movies made we need to get movies made so definitely go support this film um i really did love it um there is a long uh i think it it is a long film as we were we've said and i think that's my biggest um takeaway with this film is that you know if if it was literally a good 30 minutes shorter 30 40 minutes shorter i think it would have been a phenomenal tight script uh but if you're not able to watch it in the theater, you can watch it at home, you can pause it and you could experience it that way, but it's no matter how you experience it, make sure you experience it because Colors of the Flower Moon is definitely worth your time. Anthony, take us home.
2: It's also a watch it for me even though I don't think it's the abe- the best approach for this film. Um and I think Martin Scorsese kind of gets in the way with his own likeness in a sense like his own identity of who he is it kind of overshadows a lot of the story and i don't know if you you find that with a director who's who's so big and so you know accredited and even yeah, with Leonardo I mean, Tarantino's DiCaprio, up there
0: too right that they're they're his own his own or wes anderson there's directors that their own approach to things can impede their approach of things
2: right right and that's and that's maybe why we get the story of the, the length of the story and maybe the approach of the story um but i do think it's an important story i think you you will learn something and you will be um interested to learn more and probably dive into the history of the osage nation and and kind of get an idea of where they are now and how this affected them for many many years after uh but yeah, this it's a watch it. I wish I could say it's a real gem. I really do. Uh but again, it's it all comes down to the approach and I and I I find that one thing that I, I wish they kind of dived on dived in a little bit about was why they kill call it the killers of the flower moon and how it's in conjunction with the the story of these flowers that are bloomed on the valleys in the of the Osage uh Yeah, they just kinda of glossed over it. They very yeah really glossed over, but in if you really look at it, it these beautiful flowers are like the natives that kind of mm-hmm. live there, and what why they call it the killer of the flower moon is because uh, during these times, these peak times where there's these huge moons, the other plants and trees grow and they kind of like suffocate these flowers, which could be you right. know the 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 con- allegory. Con- really the allegory the colonialized colonialization that yeah. was happening at that time and how we killed them off in a sense and i i wish mm-hmm. that was like mentioned and maybe put into it because i martin Scorsese had his own approach to that ending but i feel like that's um an important part of that story why they call it killers of the flower moon but yeah i love that yeah that's how i my uh two cents
0: I love that. And I do want to say again, without spoilers, and again, we know this is based on the book. We know this is based on history. Um, there's a choice uh, how this film is presented at the end uh, that made me a little bit more emotional. And I and I think there's a lot to unpackage from that. But I, again, I don't want to give anything away of who people have watched it. It is something that we will be talking about, though on our Discord, in future videos, in future episodes of the Movie Podcast. So make sure, if you liked our discussion today, make sure you're following us on all podcast feeds, on YouTube, on on social media platforms, at the Movie Podcast. There is so much to look forward to. There's so much coming, especially in October, so you don't want to miss any of it. There's a lot more that we're going to be talking about with this film and another huge Apple film coming out later this year with Napoleon, which is, again, sure to be another massive three hour probably plus epic, uh, but we can't wait for it. Uh, There's so much to look forward to and what Apple is putting out. I think they're making some really great decisions. If you do want to watch Clears of the Flower Moon in theaters, it will be available on October 20th with an Apple TV Plus uh, release date Uh, at a later date so we don't have a date for that yet so go watch it in theaters uh this is the movie podcast like i said so much to look forward to so much coming your way make sure you're following us on all social media platforms and on all podcast feeds that was this time with the movie podcast and we'll see you next